Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton. Our last show, 2020. This is Oilers Now. No, it's not a Barbara Walters special. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Want to wish you a happy new year. In this hour, uh, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar, and Edmonton-based sport, or, uh, Edmonton sporting icon, now Montreal-based media personality, George LaRock. To our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show, Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. I got, uh, I got the book for, for Christmas. And uh, did not put it down over a five-hour window. Bang my way through it. Uh, real interesting stuff. Uh, and I'm sure you've... First of all, what's it like to write a book? Uh, did, did you always want to kind of do this, or did you have to be convinced to be a part of uh, a book basically about you? Well, what happened was after we won the Cup in 07, um, Stephen Brunn contacted me about doing a book, and I said no. I said I've got too much hockey in front of me, and I didn't think it made sense. So I, but I started keeping a diary after that, thinking maybe it's something I'd want to do later. I uh, kept a more extensive diary. I've always kept a diary for TM purposes. But um, then, what's it like? It's well. First off, it requires you. You got to work really hard at it. my. My experience was once I got an outline of about a hundred pages. I didn't bring Stephen until I'd done a single-spaced outline of a hundred pages of each area with anecdotes and stories. Then it's easier to go back and focus on and say, well, what about that cup here? Let's go back and look more closely at that cup here. And the stuff you forget as you get older is staggering. Injuries and trades. And so then you focus on 07 and you focus on 08. You go back and look, oh, yeah, I made that trade. This guy got hurt. And and you focus more on, on – uh, then, then it's easy. That's, it's like a snowball going, going down a hill because you've got some momentum and you're focusing on particular phases of your life. But it's a great experience. It causes you to be introspective. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a really uh, interesting read. Well, one of the things is, I, I don't think most of the listeners know this, but you were not exactly a phenom growing up. Uh, you, you sort of got laid into hockey and had to kind of will your way to get that opportunity to, to even play U.S. college. Yeah, I didn't start playing hockey till I was 13. We moved to Minnesota when I was 12, and I started playing that next fall. And anyone in Edmonton will know you can't start at 13 and, and hope to catch up. But I did. 
I was a walk-on freshman at Providence College. I ended up being a full scholarship athlete. Graduated with the record for games played, even though I uh, walked on. And it, for Canadian listeners, uh, the walk-on is an NCAA term. It means you're recruited but received no money your first year. So to walk on and make a team and take a job away from a full scholarship athlete, that's something. Uh, we're joined by Brian Burke. The book is Burke's Law, Life in Hockey. You know, you mentioned you didn't start skating until you were 13. I, I had a coach one tell me that I was a has-been at 13, uh, but my friends uh, reminded me, no, Bob, you were and never was. You never got to the point of being an actual has-been at 13. Uh, you see, you spend this time, and Lou Lamarillo is obviously a huge influence on your life at Providence. One of the things that uh, I found intriguing was your time uh, representing players, and one of the guys that you represented was Brett Hall. And he was a unique player. I mean, we heard rumblings about Brett in the BC Junior days in the early 80s and this prolific score. But you took a different approach uh, in terms of the guidance that you provided, Brett, and maybe one that's atypical for agents today, Brian. You weren't afraid to get in your client's face. No, I wasn't. And, and that's why I have so much respect for Brett. He started out in Moncton in the American League. Terry Chris was the coach. And Terry Chris painted him and would just ride him. And, and Brett called me and complained, and he said, you got to get me out of here. So I went up and I watched practice, hidden away in the, one of the doorways, and he had not exaggerated. Crispy just gave it to him every chance he got. So we went back to Brett's house, and there was a record snowfall in Moncton that year. And Brett said, you got to get me out of here. And I said, Brett, you got to get a haircut. you got to lose some weight. You're overweight. I'm not making any calls to Cliff Fletcher to get you traded. You lose some weight, get your hair cut, go see Terry Chris tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning because he'll be there and tell him what can I do to make this work better for me. I would tell the guys this, Bob. I told my players this in Calgary and Hartford and everywhere else too. It's not our job to make you fit in. It's your job to fit in. Yeah. Well, and and I guess the question I have, I mean, I you know, obviously I've been privileged enough to be in, doing this for a while now. You get to meet some agents. Uh, I would say Jerry Johansson would be a guy that would not be afraid to have a an hard and honest conversation. But some some agents, Brian, are immediately defensive of their client without maybe necessarily looking at the performance level of the cl- client. It's, it's not always the easiest thing for an agent to do, is it? Well, there's not too many guys played in the American Hockey League that represent players either. I'm talking about a player about weight or discipline in the weight room or eating habits. It's not like I didn't get there myself. I didn't play in the NHL, but I'm not some guy that just graduated from law school and started representing players. I played to a pretty high level. So when I bark at a player about conditioning, I think I have his attention. Well, and in Jerry's case, he fought in the Western League. In fact, he once got in a fight off the ice with uh, Maxie. Brian Maxwell got sucker punched by Maxie one time in a battle as well. Uh, You you, you mentioned Hartford, kind of pretty unique situation. You went to to work for the league. Uh, How how political behind the scenes is it in terms of the various managers when it comes to discipline and and trying again do you have some guys that are just they're they're gonna you know some some gms sit there brian look at it and go all right my guy did it we have to accept the fate that we're in and other guys are going to sit there and fight for every inch in every situation oh yeah and and two and we just lost one in the last two weeks, Pierre Lacroix was really hard on me on, on discipline. And Pat Quinn, my, my mentor, was really hard on me on discipline. But uh, other guys, like Lou Amarillo, I'd call him up and say, I'm giving this guy three games and say, okay. And that's what I did. When I went back to work for a, a team after I left the league, 
Colin Campbell would call me and say, we're giving this guy four games, and I'd be like, okay, not going to hear a peep out of me. There's really no point in arguing. The guys would call you and they'd say, look, you know, we've got 10 games left. Did you suspend this guy? I'm missing the playoffs. And I said, well, you shouldn't have been in that hole at this point in the season. I can't help you with that. If they cross the line, I'm going to bounce them. And if you miss the playoffs and you lose your job, I can't help you with that. You you'd, have a, you'd have to dig a pre, pretty deep hole for yeah. one suspension to cost you your job. Uh, Vancouver, Calgary, and Toronto. You served as uh, a manager executive in each market. How are they different? Maybe a quick thought on each of the three. Well, uh, Toronto, the size of the market is daunting, just the number of the coverage. The, the dresser room the Leafs dress in is big enough to accommodate 100 people because they get 100 people in there after games on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturdays. Vancouver, when I was there, uh, the social media uh, sideline of it was, was not developed. It's a schizo market now. It's a panicky, negative, whiny market on social media. They criticize everything. Um, and Calgary was a, was a joy. The people were great. The media were great. Um, I loved working there. Well, you mentioned the first time we ever had John, you talked about what it's like in Alberta. And, uh, you know, in, in Edmonton's case, uh, the building was kept full when the team missed the playoffs 12 out of 13 years, which which speaks to uh, a lot. And, you know, I, I know Vancouver took those two losses hard. I don't know if Edmonton would have taken the losses quite the same way. They were pretty devastated in 06, but it's not like people were ripping the streets up uh, out afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little yeah, uh, go go. Well, the thing, thing about thing about it, Alberta is, and I, told, I think I told the story on the air. When I built my hunting property east of Olds, the first guys came out and they said it'd be fifty forty thousand dollars for a driveway and a, and a, a, a garage uh, foundation. And I said uh, okay. And I said, well, what do you want me to sign? And the guy said, well, this is Alberta, Mister Burke. We just shake hands there. Now, if you think I would do a $40,000 contract on a property here in Toronto without a con or a project without a contract, no. But that's exactly what the guy said to me. He said, the electrician, or an electrician and two uh, grading guys. The electrician said, I said, do you want a check? you want a deposit? you want to sign something? He goes, this is Alberta, Mr. Burke. We shake hands. And that's my first year in Alberta. And it's no different. Calgary and Edmonton, they root for different teams, but some of the best people walk on this planet. Yeah, well, you're, uh, that's going to help you sell some more books here. Hey, uh, one of the things you've got is a breakdown uh, in the book. Uh, again, Burke's Law, A Life in Hockey. And you, you do sort of a, a comprehensive look about what's required to win. First line, second line, third line, fourth line. And I, I, I'm wondering a bit if if that's if you think that's still applicable today because the third and fourth lines are, are basically, you know, the third line, uh, penalty killer, face-off guys, the center, high IQ, uh, above average skater on the third line left wing, third line right wing, uh, a size uh, a second, like not the heavyweight but a, a middleweight size light heavyweight and then your fourth line is another guy with good face off ability who will block shots, who will go in an agitating shutdown role and a, a penalty killer on the fourth line and then a, a, an enforcer. Do you think that's still have we moved away a bit from that today? Is that more, you know, I mean that's totally the template of your team that won in Anaheim in 2007 or conversely Brian, do you look at the heaviness that Washington won with and what St. Louis won with and say, uh, and, and even Tampa Bay bulking up a bit this past year and say you still need that element? Well, you still need that element, but that chart is dated. Uh, you don't, you know, we tried to address four guys that could fight every night so that we'd never go to a gunfight with a knife. 
and one guy had to be able to fight in any weight class. So that was the legit uh, George Perros, the legit heavyweight, uh, uh, Todd Fedoric. You know, I always had a legit Wade Brookbank. I always had a legit heavyweight on my team. And that means, okay, when the two gunfighters get out in the street, I've got a guy who's willing to walk out there. But then the, the secondary and third tertiary guys that can cause problems, we wanted to address all that. I think you take one fighter out of there, uh, maybe two, because fighting is not as important as playing hard. But my teams would still – I love what Ottawa's doing. No one's paying attention to Ottawa. They're turning into a heavy team fast. Yeah, a, belliger- a belligerent heavy team fast. Josh Brown, they bring in Good Branson, they bring in Watson. They turn it into a hostile team. I love it. They have two of the five toughest defensemen in the NHL on one team. Yeah, like you know the I mean, the guy Curtis McDermott uh, who played for Chris Knobloch in Erie is a legitimate heavyweight. Uh, Nurse can play and is probably. Uh, like he, he, I mean, he's fought Milan Lucic in his career. Uh, he fought Hunter Smith. Remember that fight, that preseason game yeah, in Calgary? Yeah. Well, that was a hell of a fight. Uh, but uh, I mean, I mean, just so people are aware, Josh Brown was a heavyweight champ of the OHL when he was there, and he uh, dusted, he threw Kerr around pretty good last year. Gabranson obviously can fight as well. Now they got Paquette down the middle. He, he, I mean, he's a bit of an agitator, but still, they are going to be tough. The Flames still have some toughness. We have Texter say, Bob, can you ask Mr. Burke, whether or not he thinks the Oilers are tough enough, based upon the direction that some of the other teams in Canada have gone. What do you no. think, Ryan? No? No, I don't. No, I, I don't want to tell you why. First off, Darnell Nurse provides toughness, but you want him on the ice. Right. Like the, guy, the guys you want that can fight are guys you can afford to put in the box for five minutes. And so on our team, George Peros, who could play, He's a good player, but we could we could have him go in the box for five minutes and not hurt our group. Brad May, same thing. But if you're talking Darnell Nurse is in their top four, you don't want him to fight very often. He's got to right. fight once in a while because that's who he is. But So, no, I don't think they are. But I think part of the issue is Kenny Holland will adapt to this as soon as it starts. Part of the issue is the way the games are going to be played in compact groups like this with back-to-backs, it's going to get violent quickly. People, hockey players don't hold grudges over very well. And in the playoffs, you can't really settle scores. So in the playoffs, you got to take a number. If you play a back-to-back or you play a, every other night for three nights, by that third night, you've had enough, and you don't have to hold back. It's not the playoffs. You can take a dumb penalty. And I think you're going to see some truculence in this revised, compressed schedule. The funny God, thing I is... Hope, God, I hope so. So do I. Uh, the funny thing is, Detroit's had a guy in their organization for a couple years that when he was in the Western Hockey League, he was the guy, and that was Dylan McElrath. And I, I you know, I mean, he, there's a guy that, uh, and he's played a little bit on the wing, uh, hasn't been able to sort of stick as a full-time NHL, uh, player. He's the captain of Grand Rapids in the American Hockey League. If I'm Edmonton, I'm contemplating claiming him off waivers if Detroit sends him down. They'll probably just I keep t- him on, on the taxi squad, though. I tried to get him. About four times, I went after Dylan McEnroe. He was with the Island or Rangers initially, right? Yes, yep. And I tried to get him three or four times. I thought, first off, he can play more than one position. He's got reasonably good skill. He's clearly well-liked by his teammates, and he's tougher than a night in jail. Yeah, he's, he's, he used to just kick the snot out of guys in the WHL. There were guys that wanted, we have guys listening to the show texting right now saying, I didn't even go on his side of the ice. Uh, your makeup on defense, first pair, uh, one guy that can move the puck and one guy that's hard to play against. How about when the Oilers had Pronger and Jason Smith as a tandem? That's right up your alley. That was, that was good. They showed a game on TV the other day where 
Edmonton was playing. Uh, oh, it was on the in the run in '06, so it was. Was it was, that, wasn't at the finals. Okay, it was not the so they would have played Anaheim in the semis. They played you guys. Yeah, they played San, yeah. San Jose in round two, Detroit in round one. So one of those. I think it was San Jose, but I'm watching Jason Smith is a guy no one ever talks about, and what a quality player he was. He was a great guy, and, too. They, they, and what a great partner for a highly skilled guy because you know he's always going to be back. You know he's completely reliable. Um, yeah, that was a good tandem. Yeah, and that, that was the makeup of your top pairing. And then uh, with the rest of your defense, your second pairing had a, a skill, uh, skilled uh, puck mover on the left side uh, that could be on the second unit power play and a smart mobile guy on the right side. Finish and pin and eliminate. And that is interesting to me because the Oilers' D right now is a little bit small. Like Larson can, can pin guys. You've always been a Larson fan. He's had some tough stretches here, but he can stop the cycle. And you still got to be able to stop the cycle, don't you, Brian? Yes, and Scott Niedermeyer could finish and pin. He wasn't a big guy. He preferred to just take the puck off you. But that second guy, and again, for people who haven't seen the book, uh, please buy it. You'll enjoy it. But uh, when I say the left defenseman is this right defenseman, you can switch those. It doesn't matter. I just want a left shot and a right shot with those skill sets. So we would say when the scouts would come to a guy, say we're going to talk about Bob Stoffer, And I would say, show me which box he fits in. If he doesn't fit in one of these boxes, we don't want him. He can't fill one of these jobs. We don't want him. Story of my life. I didn't fit any of the boxes, not even for <laughs> Stu McGregor. Stu McGregor was scouting for Kamloops, but I led his team in scoring. Didn't even get on the radar screen. 12-team WHL. Would have been there in an 18-team WHL. That's what I keep telling my stuff. Uh, self. All right. Uh, one more question, and I'm, I'm jumping around a bit here to the here and now. The Edmonton Oilers are in a situation. Dylan Holloway's a little bit banged up. He's missed a game for Team Canada. He's an aggressive player that gets it on the four check. He's their first-round pick. Philip Broberg, uh, the captain of Team Sweden, played the first game, looked pretty good. Then he got his minutes cut in the third, didn't play game two. Last night clearly was hobbled. It was obvious. Couldn't fully extend his uh, strides. Looked to be a deep bruise or a Charlie or something uh, that was kind of limited in what he can do on the ice. When you're an NHL GM and that's your prospect, I know you're not supposed to get involved in any of the decision-making processes with those World Junior teams, but you're certainly keeping an eye on them, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And you, you would communicate with, I would call Tom Rennie and say, can we have the, your team doctor call our team doctor? You don't have to tell me what's going on, but we'd like our team doctor to know what's going on. And that would take place. Yeah. So they would know that the Oilers would have a good handle on what the injury is, what the extent is, and whether he should go or not. And they would have some say in that. If they said to the kid, look, it sounds serious. We don't want you to go. Um, but I think, I, I think last night I thought he played really well until I, it looked to me like he got injured worse in the game. I thought he was playing well until he got hit somewhere in the game and then his play dropped off. But I, I, if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I'm not worried about this kid. This kid's going to play, no question in my mind. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a huge uh, engine. There's no question about that. Brian, we love having you on the show. Happy New Year. And you know what? Next week, we're going to be leading right into the start of the season. How good is that? I know. It's awesome. Everyone, to everyone who tunes in, uh, thank you. And Happy New Year. And I hope I know 2021 is going to be a better year. It has to be. It will be. But uh, have a happy New Year.
That is Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. The book again, Burke's Law, A Life in Hockey. If uh, you didn't get it for Christmas or you haven't picked it up yet, highly entertaining read. It keeps you going, and uh, like I said, I banged it out five hours on Christmas morning. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So it was it was pretty interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of trivia when we come back on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. Well, thanks a lot, Zach. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, with you on Oilers Now. And we are going to get into Greta Bar trivia, and it's. A bit of a tough one, and it's not about hockey. Weather's Now Trivia brought to you by Greta Bar. What are we playing for, Brendan? $50 gaming credits. When uh, Greta opens up fully, you can use those big arcade games they've got there. Uh, Big Buck Hunter, Golden Tea, etc. Weather's Now Trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, Eat, Drink, and Play. Can you name uh, the two athletes that played on each other's uh, teams? They grew up together in Texas. One is an eight-time all-star pitcher in Major League Baseball, a three-time NL, so I'm giving you the, uh, the, the league, National League Cy Young Award winner. The other is a starting quarterback in the NFL, and they make combined about $55 million or so. These guys played on each other's team growing up. The quarterback, by the way, was considered the better athlete at a younger age. Um, the pitcher... He has probably turned out to be the better pro, though some might say the QB was maybe just with the wrong organization. The uh, QB, by the way, was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That's a little bit of an So think of a team. The guy's been their starting quarterback since he was drafted. These guys even look a little alike. Uh, and I'll give you the state that they uh, grew up in. They grew up in, they grew up in Dallas, Texas. So 780-496-0063. Two kids that grew up together. One guy's an NFL starting quarterback, first overall pick in the NFL draft, the highest recruited player uh, coming out of his uh, high school class in 2006. Uh, the other guy just won a World Series. <laughs> so I'm giving you the team. <laughs> you should be able to get it, 780-496-0063. Do want to tell you, hey, Happy New Year from the folks at Brent Ridge Ford, a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're wrapping up the year-end event, uh, taking down at uh, Brent Ridge Ford. Great people, great service. They're open and transparent. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, they're Oilers fans. They'll lend you a hand. You can reach them at one 477 3673 or visiting brentridge.com. This is how good the quarterback was coming out of high school out of the state of Texas, 2006 recruiting class. In September of that year, Mel Kuyper said he'll be the first player selected uh, in his in the 2009 NFL draft, and he was right. I'm pretty sure uh, someone will be able to come up with it. George LaRock coming up at 1:35 after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.